Welcome to the Retail Exchange Podcast. Hello, I'm Carl McKeever, and welcome to the latest episode of the interview series on the Retail Exchange Podcast, as we bring you insight and opinion from premier retail industry professionals and thought leaders. My guest today is Dawn Fischow, Head of Marketing, North America, for iconic British foldable bicycle manufacturer Brompton. From its humble beginnings in a South Kensington railway arch in 1975, Brompton has grown into an internationally renowned brand, famed for its ingenious design and impeccable craftsmanship. With a folding bike concept that defies convention, its distinctive silhouette has become a familiar sight on trains, the tube, and the streets of the UK capital, solidifying its status as the bicycle of choice for London commuters. Despite the unfolding uncertainty faced by other sectors in retail over the past couple of years, Brompton has experienced an unprecedented surge in demand. Looking ahead, Brompton has big plans for the future, with strategic growth in the US market and rapidly growing awareness a top priority. Join me as Dawn explains how this most British of companies is adapting its message to move in line with the needs of a North American audience the ways Brompton is leveraging digital solutions to attract new consumers, urban change in the US, and why innovation and loyalty will always be Brompton's obsession. Here's the interview. Dawn, welcome. Hello, it's great to have you with us. Welcome, I'm so excited to be here. So first of all, tell us about the Brompton brand story for those who aren't so familiar. Sure, so Brompton is a folding bicycle. We are coming up on our 50th anniversary. So we were founded in 1975 by a young engineer named Andrew Ritchie. And he had recently moved to London and he was trying to find a better way to get around the city. As you know, uh, London is pretty large. And 50 years ago, options were a bit different than they are now. So he really used his engineering brain, his curiosity and his ingenuity to think about what's the best solution for traversing this city, exploring and being able to take advantage of all that London has to offer. And he developed this very innovative folding bike. It's really interesting, actually. I'm not an engineer, but when I speak to our engineers and our designers and ask them the questions around, you know, the geometry of the bike and how it works and these bikes are kind of funny looking and why, why do they look like that? And it's really interesting that so much of what exists in the core product today was actually developed back in the 70s by Andrew, the founder. And while we've used, obviously, technology to innovate on the product and make sure everything is the best that it can possibly be, that core design has actually not really changed much over the past 50 years. And for those people who are unfamiliar with what a Brompton bike looks mm. like, these are curious and uh, oddities in their own right, I they guess. They are. They are also this design icon in London and around the world. So it's it's taken on, the design itself has taken on a life of its own and become this real cult classic. So once you know Brompton, you realize how often you see them and you see them everywhere and it's because of that sort of iconic design that developed in the 70s. So chunky frame and with two iconic folding bolt clasps these are things which as you say they fold up into a compact package that you can basically take anywhere with you indoors. I would maybe say not not so much a chunky frame. Um, it's a very sturdy steel frame. We do have a titanium bike, but I would say the frame itself is more sturdy than chunky. And there are two sets of hinges on it that allow the bike to fold. We say it folds in 20 seconds. I think once you've had your bike for a while, 
20 seconds is right. I think if you're just getting used to the bike, you can maybe plan for some blooper reel moments the first hundred times, let's say you fold and unfold your bike, but it is designed to be very simple, very quick. It's one of those things where, I don't know, um, do you have MacGyver in England? Is that a, a cultural icon there? Yeah, so it feels a little bit like MacGyver when you're using your bike, the way everything just kind of snaps together and folds into place and, you know, everything down to the seat post, which is fully adjustable. So, you know, you don't get a large bike or a small bike. All the bikes are one size. Um, so the seat post works for, for many different heights, but that seat post also acts as a lock for the bike in terms of locking the unit into place so that when you pick up the bike, it doesn't unfold and, you know, become unwieldy. So all of those little sort of MacGyver tricks make the, the Brompton really unique and special. And um, I would say it's a bit quirky, but that's part of the beauty and joy of a Brompton as well is that quirkiness of it. So I'm someone who described myself as an IKEA-level expert one in terms oh. of flat-pack furniture. So presumably I'm going to have no challenges assembling the you Brompton bike. You would be expert bike. level. Extra okay. level. So yeah. the, the bike, if you if you pick it up in store or at a dealer, they'll set it up for you. But if you order online and get it shipped to your house, it comes in a box. Basically, you just pull up the QR code, watch the video, open up the bike, pop the seat post on, make sure the tires have air, and off you go. So you can. So I'm considering 20 seconds as really far out for me. I'd be hoping to half that time. Uh, we do have a fastest to the fold competition. Okay. So if you do wind up with the Brompton, let me know, and I yeah. can enter you into that annual competition. So I think it's like 4.3, 4.5 seconds wow. is the fastest. That's really Super League. It's super, and it's not just folding. It's folding and unfolding. Okay. So you unfold and then refold the bike. Goodness me, wow. Yes, these people that's a, that's are professional a complete level. 360. Completely. So who is the Brompton customer? You know, the Brompton customer in the US is ever evolving. So we have very low awareness here compared to other markets around the world. It's a massive opportunity, but it also means you have to be very strategic about how you roll out a brand, even one with 50 years of history and heritage And where are you it. based? In the US, we're based in New York, in Brooklyn. Okay. So, we so have this is a place where actually plenty of people are cycling already. Yes. There's been a huge growth in cycle lanes. Yes. Many you, of, City Bike. Yeah, many of the big kind of crosswalks, etc. have all been made cycle friendly. So this should be a really positive growing opportunity. It is. It definitely is. I would say New York still has quite a ways to go in terms of the cyclability of the city. We're actually opening a store in March in Washington, D.C., which will be our second U.S. store, uh, and that will be in Georgetown. And I will say, before I joined Brompton, I was not a natural cyclist. So I rode a bike as a kid. I ride at the beach, but I would not consider riding in the city. Did you have stabilizers or no stabilizers? Uh, training wheels. Okay, training wheels, we call them here. Right? No, I just jumped right in, which was probably the mistake. I probably fell too many times and had a little bit of fear instilled in me. They're called training wheels for a reason. They are, they are. Um, but I would say, you know, New York compared to DC has quite a ways to go. And when I started riding in New York, I realized I had this sort of metric where it was, I will make it not so dark. I will say it's thoughts of my own mortality per mile and how often that thought came came into my mind and New York is definitely improving but I would say it was a pretty constant sort of low level fear as I was getting used to cycling. So is the customer a commuter, a leisure rider, family outings? What, who's the core? In the US it's a little bit of everyone so historically in the UK we're very very popular with commuters. In London you have a 
phenomenal regional train system. So people will take their bike with them from their home. They'll cycle to their local station, pop it on the train, hop off in you know King's Cross or wherever they're going to and just cycle out the door and get to their office. Here we are a little bit more multimodal, in, and this is New York in particular, but I think D.C. is very similar in that you could be on a bus, you could be on the subway, you could go through regional rail, you could even be on a ferry, and the Brompton fits in all of those places. So if you are a commuter who's looking for a really solid utility option, I would say Brompton is great for that. That said, we have this really amazing community here where people use it to explore the city. So the Brompton community, we are very involved with them, but they also are very self-organizing. So every week, someone hosts a ride where they explore restaurants, coffee shops. They'll do a cookie ride, a cake ride, and large groups of Brompton owners will get together. And just for the joy of riding, the joy of being on Bromptons, and the joy of exploring their city, they just go out and adventure around. So I guess in every market, and mm-hmm. then when you laser down into every yeah. individual city, city yep. you've got a different rider. You we know, do. look when we just even look at the European market, you know, go to somewhere like yep. to, to the Netherlands. Yep. More bikes than people, more bikes yep. than sheep. But interestingly there... Bike ownership is a little bit fluid. Basically, you can pick up a bike on the street, take it to your next destination, pick up a different bike that's not yours and take it home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Brompton solves for that because you're not leaving your bike on the street. So because it folds up nicely, you can take it in your house with you. You can put it in the trunk of your car. You can bring it into your office. So most places will allow you in with a Brompton. So you don't have to worry about that, like leaving it on the street. And I know in Amsterdam, it's kind of fun to, you know, just oh, see, bike the, hopping. see the bikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah you know, wife swapping is old news now. It's about getting a new bike yes. for the night. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So look, how do you think you're going to replicate the success of Brompton Bike that we've had in places like London mm. here in the US? Because very different challenges. I guess. I don't know that we're looking to replicate it. I think we need to keep innovating and do something that's right for this market. Okay, so, when so kind of use the clean sheet as a chance to do something new. Exactly. And again, you said it yourself, every city is different. And in the US, where cities are thousands of miles away from each other, you know, the culture of New York is drastically different than the culture in LA. I mean, not just commuting, but the way, how early people wake up and when they go to sleep like everything is different so I think we can learn absolutely from what worked in London and take this heritage and history of this amazing product and this design icon that exists but we need to make it really relevant for each city and for our different user types in each city as well. With your product you know there is a commitment there financially Essentially, there's a, there's a piece of ownership there. Yeah. Is the ownership something to celebrate? I think the rentals are amazing. City Bike in New York has been, they've just celebrated their 10-year anniversary. And I think they paved the way for this surgeons in bicycling in New York City and they've really been instrumental in getting the bike lanes getting the bike paths there are still some issues though around you know if you work or live in a busy area will they have a bike for me will I be able to dock my bike so there's just some uncertainty around that and then also if you're using it frequently you may want to switch to an ownership model because you know you just you like what you like and you get comfortable with the actual machine that you're riding and again you can you can customize it you can you know put whatever designs on it that you want you can make it your own you can put your own fancy bell on the handlebars yes with confidence. we have great bells that come with our bikes they make a beautiful i'm told it's an f7 i'm completely tone deaf 
but I'm told it's a beautiful F7 tone, and it does. It's a, it's a very joyful sound when you ring the bell. But there is that level of, of ownership that, you know, just makes it easier to plan for as well. How important is the element of British innovation and British quality as you start to build and develop awareness for the brand here in the U.S.? I think it gives us a legacy to build on. So I think when you say something is handmade in London, that still means something. And I think it adds a lot of value in several very short words. I think the fact that we do own most of the supply chain and you can go to the factory and walk and watch individual bikes being made by hand by these expert technicians. I think that's really special and I think that does carry through. I also think there is a love of British design in general and sort of the iconography around some of those very famous British designers who were operating, you know, in the 50s, 60s, 70s and beyond that's still very, very beloved. Can we expect to see the the red telephone box and Big Ben featuring heavily in your advertising? So I would say we have leaned away a little bit from the more nostalgic view of London and we're trying to make it much more modern. We are coming up on our 50th anniversary so I am sure we will lean into some of those but we do we want it to feel modern and fresh. The cyclists are notoriously passionate about their bike and very fiercely protective of Mm. it. So, you know, when you buy into a bike, it's, it's not just any old purchase. You know, it's kind of almost like getting a made-to-measure suit. You assess the look, the feel. Can the same be said for riders of a Brompton bike? I actually think you kind of touched on something that is, I don't want to say it's the antithesis of what we're about, but we are much more accessible and inclusive. So, so it, is, it is a one-size-fits-all? It is a one-size-fits-most, and okay. there are a couple of modifications. So you can get an extended seat post, you can get a higher handlebar or a lower handlebar, but it is generally one-size-fits-most. And we also just want it to be ready to go. So if you have one bike for your household, you know, four people can share it, five, you know, however many, and it, it works for all of them. I also think, you know, you said something in the beginning of the question that was around when you're a cyclist, and we actually believe that our bikes, and we think we're really well suited to to kind of change this paradigm, our bikes aren't just for cyclists. So people who love bikes love Brompton, and that's amazing, and we have no interest in changing that, and, and we'll work very hard to keep it that way. But we also are, I think, uniquely suited to expand the universe of who bikes, So when you say, you wouldn't say I'm a walkist, you know, like, so how can we open up what a cyclist is and involve more people who maybe traditionally were turned off either by the price point, by the boys club, by feeling like they need to know so much about tech and mechanics and grease and gears and all of that. So how can we expand beyond that core cyclist and make cycling something that is truly universal and available to everyone? So how do you balance those messaging between iconic traditional brand and digital innovation? Mm. Oh, that's a great question. I think digital innovation is really about the path to purchase for us. So how are we enabling the people who know and love the brand? How are we enabling them to be the advocates we know they are? And how are we rewarding them for that? So we've recently put into place a rewards program. It's been operable for like three weeks and we're already seeing so much traction in it. You know, when you own a Brompton, you want to talk about it. 
And I think part of it is just that joy. There's a kudos of having one. There is. And being someone who is, you know, an early adopter. And I think we all want to share our little life hacks. You know, I think when you find something that makes your life better, you want to tell people about it. And a Brompton can really do that for a lot of people. So when you think about how you build versus retain loyalty, what's Mm. harder? Is it getting people to buy in the first place or is it to keep them active once they're in? Our community is incredibly active. So we made our millionth bike last year. Oh, congratulations. Which is incredible. But what I think is even more incredible is that we have 500,000 people who have registered to the community. So these are not people who've registered their bike. They're people who have opted in to our community groups. That means they attend events, they're engaged with us on social media, they're part of our meetups. So that's half. So half of our million bikes that exist in the world, 500,000 people are part of our community. So I think that, and this is for the U.S. specifically, once someone owns a Brompton, they are so incredibly loyal to us. We need to foster it and we need to make sure... We're not ignoring our owners. Is that because here in the US people like to become affiliated to a tribe? I think that's probably true universally. I'm not sure that it's so much about the tribe. I think it, it just, it does, and I know I keep using the word joy, but when you think about cycling, I think that it does just introduce that. And again, it is a very quirky bike and it's got all the cool colors and, you know, you can make it really I think fun. the endorphin rush is underestimated with cycling. Agree, agree. We've actually um, just come across a study that when people commute to work, it's something like their stress level during the day drops by 20% or something like that. So I can follow up with you if you want to learn more about that. Um, but there is, yeah, the endorphin rush, the sort of mental clarity that comes with movement and with being out. There is a joy of having a taut face. Yes, yeah, exactly. You can probably tell from some of the questions, I'm, I'm also a cyclist myself, yes. and I'm someone who... But not uh, a Brompton owner. I'm not a Brompton owner yet, but look, I, I, I remain open to any inducements that come my way. Um, how did you come to work at Brompton? Mm. So I do not have a manufacturing background. And as I said, I'm not a cyclist by nature. So I am that person who, you know, I didn't think when you say the word cyclist, I would not have identified as that. And to be honest, even though I cycle a lot now, I'm not sure I would still identify myself as a cyclist. So where's the resistance for you? Um, I think it's because I don't really want to know how the bike works. I just want it to work. Okay. I so think I just your, want it your to interest be is, is where you need to be, not how. Um, You know, there is a little bit of, like, the beauty element to it. But when we get new colors, you know, I'm not recommending people buy a new Brompton every time a new color comes out. I'm very fortunate I work there. You're you're not only going to purchase this if it's available in pink, are you? Well, no, we do have hot pink. It was one of our best sellers. It's a limited edition color. We have a new pink coming out for the spring. It's very exciting. But, you know, some of these new colors that come out, like, it makes it feel like this object of desire. And to me, that's actually very compelling. So... You know, you asked why I joined Brompton. Um, It's actually less on the sort of consumer luxury side. That is not so much my reason for wanting to join. My background is in commercial marketing, so very corporate marketing. I'd worked at HSBC for nearly nine years, um, another heritage British brand. I actually lived in London for four years with them is where I was first exposed to the brand of Brompton and what it can be and what it looks like in a city. I left the bank to do my own startup. So I uh, was in the world of wellness. Essentially, I had had Hodgkin's lymphoma about a decade ago. 
Um, before that, I was always super active, very athletic. I grew up dancing, so mobility for me was never an issue. And then after the treatments, one thing I didn't know, it, treatments were great, very successful, but something I didn't know is that the chemo and the radiation can affect your joints, your ligaments, and your muscles. So when I started exercising and when I started moving again, I was able to quickly get back my strength and my endurance but zero mobility. I couldn't touch my knees, let alone my toes. I was in so much pain all the time, complaining, seeing doctors, spending so much money. And what ultimately happened is I realized if I just stretched more, I would feel better. And I also realized that I had a very particular reason for my pain that I was in, but actually because we all spend so much time at our desks, because we all spend so much time hunched over. Uh, you know, so many of my friends were having the same issues that I was, and I thought there could really be something there. So, And it's interesting, isn't it? Because, and, and I don't mean yeah. to cut you no, off on okay. your story, because um, you know, thank you for, 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 for sharing stuff, which is pretty personal. Hmm. But I think people do genuinely not fully appreciate the benefits that actually cycle ownership yeah. can bring you in terms of your health. Exactly. You know, it's, it's a low-impact activity. Yes. Along with swimming, it's very kind to the yes. joints. It's fantastic in terms of cardiovascular. Yep. It makes your heart work faster. It makes the blood run through your veins. So, you know, if you're somebody who has conditions which will effectively give you less circulation, yep. this is one of the best things that you can do. Absolutely. But in terms of general respiration, you increase your lung capacity and it has a general benefit to skin quality. So, Whilst, whilst I'm kind of sitting here and I'm kind of having a little fun with you because I'm yeah. enjoying the topic, cycle ownership and bike riding specifically in cities, for example, is an incredibly yeah. healthy thing to yeah. do. And that's exactly why I, you know, what one of the driving reasons why I was so interested in Brompton. So when I decided post-COVID, I, um, I wound up selling pieces of my business to different areas um, and wrapping up the business and when I was looking around at what I was going to do next this Brompton opportunity became available and for me it really felt like a continuation of that mission. So do so, you think selling the health benefits is also an important message? Absolutely and I think you know part when you're in cities, New York, LA, DC, I think there is this, again, it goes back to kind of life hacks. So if you can get your exercise in, if you can get your um, mobility in, if you can get that, yeah, that help, that circulation boosting that you mentioned. So if you can get that in at the start and the end of your day on your commute, like that is the perfect life hack from a wellness perspective. And then also from a sustainability perspective. So I think we're all becoming more and more aware I'm sure many people have been aware for decades, but I think it's just becoming so much more prominent because we see the results of climate change every day. Yeah. Uh, and I guess if you could harness the same kind of enthusiasm and motivation that people have for counting how many steps they've done on their yeah. smartwatch yes. or on their phone and translate that into kilometers or miles cycled yes. around the city, that's, that's really a sweet spot to aim for. Absolutely. And, you know, these things are not mutually exclusive. So when we do think about who is the, you know, what is the, what are the customer archetypes for people in North America who might potentially be interested? I mean, we've covered a lot of them. So sustainability, wellness, community, design, and then of course our core cyclists and commuters. I mean, that kind of covers the gamut. And just because I care about the wellness aspects doesn't mean I, I only care about that. So North America is famous for people having to perfect their elevator pitch. Mm, oh no. So in a line, <laughs> why should we buy or why should I buy a Brompton bike? So I mean as a brand, we create urban freedom for happier lives. Brompton makes cycling so much easier to fit in your life and I think that is 
the true reason for why considering Brompton and especially why considering Brompton if you're not someone who you know is really into cycling it is the perfect way into this lifestyle so in your role you're new to the role still exciting I can see you buzzing what would success look like for you in, in let's say 18 months time yeah so I am a big fan of stake in the ground like let's achieve X and even if you don't get there at least you will have done many cool things along the way and I think for me there's a couple of layers to it but I think that we need to get Brompton a dream can we get Brompton in New York Fashion Week because that exposure to new audiences design icons influenced by Carrie Bradshaw exactly I mean can we get Victoria Beckham riding around Miami you know on a bicycle I can just see it but the ultimate goal is really just about introducing Brompton to new audiences. I feel you really need cool to, to have the outfit perfected as well for that moment. We do. I mean, her her new T-shirt about uh, what does it say? Like my my dad has a Rolls Royce. Like that would be perfect. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's that British essence just yes. in a T-shirt. Yes. it really is. But it's she's also such an American icon now too. Of course, so. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Final question: mm. What's next for Brompton? I would say Brompton, while incredibly innovative, is also very consistent. So, and that is a a great quality. You know what to expect. So we have our core line of bikes. They fold, they're light, they fit in your life. We do have our pedal assist bikes that we talked about. You know, we may look at how can we think about mobility for outside of cities. That might come at some point, but we need to make sure we do it in a way that feels true to Brompton that actually solves real problems for people and isn't just because it's like the next cool thing in bicycling Um, and then I would just say the other thing is really just making it much more accessible for people so I don't want to turn this into a, a giant sales pitch for you but we do have our brand new offering which is around subscription so one thing that we hear often is the price point of a Brompton is very high. So our least expensive bike in the U.S. is over $1,100. So we have introduced subscriptions, which is pretty new in the U.S. market. So you can pay month to month for a bicycle, keep it as long as you want. Say you're a student in school, you just need it for the three months of the semester. You borrow the bike for three months, you pay for the, the time you have it, and then you send it back. You're so picking up the Amsterdam model, I feel it. We're trying, we're trying. I mean, if only New York and D.C. and LA and all these New York cities could have the bicycle culture that Amsterdam has. Well, look, that's within your gift, and I genuinely believe you will get there. I've been in conversation with Dawn Fischer, who's head of marketing North America for Brompton Bicycles. Dawn, thank you for being our guest. It's been a delight. Thank you, Carl. You've been listening to the Retail Exchange podcast. Subscribe online at theretailexchange.co.uk and join the debate. Hashtag Retail Exchange. Thanks for listening.